0: Hey there, I'm Jason Gotts, and you're listening to Think Again, a Big Think podcast. Started in 2008, Big Think is a kind of online think tank of big ideas from some of the most creative thinkers on the planet. On the podcast, we revisit these ideas in new and different ways. Our producers surprise me and my guests with short interview clips from Big Think's archives, ideas that we didn't necessarily come here expecting to discuss. I'm very, very happy to be here today with Jeff Garland. Wikipedia succinctly describes him as a comedian, actor, producer, voice artist, director, writer, podcast host, and author. And you might know him best from Curb Your Enthusiasm, which he produced and acted in as Larry David's friend and manager, Jeff Green, whose relationship with his wife was one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen on television. Tomorrow, Handsome, a Netflix mystery movie, premieres on Netflix, obviously, Jeff co-wrote, directed, and stars in it as the befuddled yet capable Detective Handsome. Welcome to Think Again, Jeff.
1: It's uh, wonderful to be here.
0: It's Certainly really, really, really good to have you. So I want to start with, you know, digging around on the internet, somewhere it says that you, that Jimmy Durante is why you got into comedy. That, like, That's when you not were, true. Is that a lie?
1: No, it's, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I always love comedians. I love comedy movies. Laurel and Hardy even Mm. I loved watching uh, stand-up on Ed Sullivan on The Tonight Show Saturday Night Live Monty Python like I've always loved comedy right I didn't know it was a job Until when I was a little kid I saw Jimmy Durante perform and on the way home I asked my parents if that was a job They
0: said yes, and I said that's a job that I want
1: by the way Jimmy Durante would be part of why I'm a comedian Right, but not not, the whole story. Yeah
0: yeah, well, to your parents' credit, they actually said that it was a job. I yes. don't know if my parents would have said that. Yes, it
1: wasn't like they said, that's a job. After I said, that's a job that I want, that they thought, oh, that's what he's going to be. Right. Because you know, I was eight.
0: Right, right. Little yeah. did they know Little what they, they had know. unleashed yeah. on yeah. the world. Were you, like, consistent in that all the way up to adulthood? Or you kind of, like, go in and out of different ideas? Or was it going to be a comedian, like, from, from day one? Like, was that it?
1: I think it really crossed over for me, personally. I didn't let it out. I still went to college for a while. Uh, you know, just to make my parents happy and such. But when I saw The Blues Brothers oh, yeah. and I left the movie saying I was on a mission from God and everyone laughed They go, "No, no, no, seriously,
0: I'm going to be a famous comedian." That's were you said. in Chicago at that point? No, so... I was in South Florida. Oh, you guys moved to Florida, yeah, right? But you yeah. came from Chicago and yes. that movie was set and in Chicago. And then moved back to Chicago. Yeah. Those were Second City guys, so yes, yeah, yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. Was it what was it like moving to Florida at that point? Was that like really traumatic? It was culture shock. Yeah.
1: I mean living in the suburbs of Chicago to South Florida, which no matter what you think is the South. It's not Jews and condominiums. It's not hotels. Those aspects are there. Right. But it's the South, man, and Jews at that point not so welcome. Okay. Talking in 1974. Oh yeah. yeah. I got into a lot of fights. I got out of a lot of fights because I was funny, but I got into a lot of fights.
0: That's funny. I, I had William Chatner on this show and he was talking about how he used to get in fights in the playground up in Canada for being Jewish. And his take on it was like, that made me tough, I can't imagine a parent wanting to throw their children to the anti-Semitic wolves, but right. you know, he was like, "That's how I got tough," kind of thing. I mean, do you see it like that or no? I've been,
1: <laughs> I've always been vulnerable, and I don't want to be in a fight. I've gotten in my share of fights, but I'm not. tough. I'm confident. I ain't
0: tough. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, there was a moment on your podcast, and I, I'm embarrassingly, I've forgotten the name of your show, which was great. What was it? Was it was
1: called. Uh, um, by the way,
0: by the way, which is great, and I listened to the Lena Dunham episode and the Jeff Tweedy episode. I'm a big mm-hmm. Wilco fan, and there was this moment in the in the Jeff Tweedy one where I just wanted to ask you a little bit about it because I think I feel like it must get at something. You start going off on like diarrhea at some point in the middle of that thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeff is like clearly uncomfortable, like from moment one. Like, uh-huh. and you know him. You guys are yeah. friends or whatever. Yeah. So, but like I can tell. I am sh- you're a very perceptive guy. I know you know he's uncomfortable and right. you just keep taking it further and, and he's like I'm so glad we've gotten on this subject, you know, and you just well, keep going I was probably and messing going. With him, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just wondering like I, I wonder if you want to I mean, I don't want to get too deep, but like if you want to unpack that a little bit about what that is that you is there something uh, you in there like Well, I mean <laughs> as long as you're
1: not making people truly mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. and sad it's fun to play with that.
0: Taking it to the window. Yeah, like... but I'm
1: not going to, if it was hurting him, I would have stopped. Yeah, no, I mean, I can He see- was just being, I think, more, that was his clever way of dealing with it, being, being not responsive to it.
0: I mean, I get the feeling like he was kind of squeamish about it, actually, genuinely. But, but not By in a way, way that, not funny. that it was, like, hurting his feelings. I think
1: diarrhea is a funny word, <laughs> but I don't even know why I would bring up diarrhea. I don't even know the context. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Re- I, I don't remember either, but and you, you started
0: going reason. off on, like, more and more intense, lurid, like, stories of explosives. Oh, the diarrhea poo, And the stripes, yeah. On, yeah. The and stripes the, on the wall. Stripes on the walls, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that <laughs> I had
1: to have started with him. And I just know these stories, and I was gonna tell them.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was that was really funny. Um, so I, I guess what else I want to ask you about before we get to the surprise clips. Oh yeah, meditation. You do yeah, you transcendental medita- meditation. Yeah. yeah. And what I do a lot of meditation as well. Um, I cannot. I, I sort of like when I hear you and see you. I can't picture you meditating. Was it like hard for you to get well, there? Well, usually like, you
1: don't know me as a person. You obviously see see on screen. That's a, by that's the not way, in a handsome, different guy. And handsome, I do show more of the quiet version of me.
0: That's right. And
1: there's more melancholy. That's right. I, as a person, am. I'm not difficult to understand, but I'm split into very gregarious, to very not overthinking but introspective and quiet i, see. I get very
0: quiet are you so it's like around other people you're very you're you yeah, tend to be gregarious if, if, like... if,
1: if there's call for like i don't feel like it all the time but most of the time i can rise right but when i'm by myself you're quiet i like putting on marvin gay what's going on and yeah
0: just going under man nice right yeah. do you read are there i read constantly what do you read what are you into right now Reading or right now. I'm reading, or recently, or whatever. It doesn't. No, no. Do I know that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I read probably at least a book a week.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Fast what reader. Am I, what am I?
1: I know I'm reading some book now that I don't normally read, but I saw a trailer for a new movie with Michael Keaton, who I love. Okay. And I thought, well, that looks interesting. Let me see what the book is that's based on. And I just started reading this book. It's. It's a book about spies and stuff. Not something I normally would read, but that's what I'm reading right now. I generally like to read books and not on my Kindle, but the Kindle is great for before I go to bed. See, I love Why is that? I used to read under the pillow with comic books with a flashlight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now the Kindle, and especially that you can adjust the light so it doesn't hurt your eyes, I read in the middle of the
0: night. I stopped with the Kindle because I found that I was reading... Like, I typically have this, like, very intense superego about, like, I must read the whole book from beginning right. to Like, I'm not good at abandoning books. Right. On the Kindle, I abandoned, like, every book. I was just, like, buying, binge-buying books and, like, I do reading same, two chapters. And I've and, read
1: two chapters and went, this is not going to work. Yeah. But I do that with a real book, too. <laughs> and I do that with movies. You got my time. You got my money. You ain't getting my time. What's the best book that you read in recent memory? See, I'm terrible at this. I'd have to be standing in my office or in my bedroom where my stacks okay. of books are, okay. and I'd have to go, oh! Do you know what I mean? Yeah, am yeah, yeah. not, I'm not good at, like if you say, what comics make you <laughs> laugh right now? It's like, I can't. I'm really much better at uh, multiple choice or just being told. Like if you gave me a list of books, you go, have you read any of these? And i go, oh, yeah, I love that, you know?
0: Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, but I read
1: everything from the classics to biographies, to um, well-written boxing and baseball books. I remember I'm just thinking of a book now. I read it a few years ago. Jane Levy wrote this book about Sandy Koufax. Okay. And if you love sports or baseball, that's still one of my all-time favorites. I just told somebody today they love the Beatles. And I said, if you want to read the best Beatles book, Mm. it's by a guy named Jeff Emrick, who was their engineer, called Here, There, and Everywhere. And I was jealous that he was getting to read it for the first time. I love <laughs> I'm a, a big Beatles fan. I'll what Makes Sammy I'll... Run by Bud Schulberg. I love that book. I love books. Okay. I love, I, by the way, my joy is just wandering around a bookstore. Love
0: yeah. it. Yeah, man. I mean, if I, I, I feel like it would be an alternative kind of heaven to just right. be able I'm to go read all... I'm reading George Higgins' Miami Blues. George Higgins, Miami George Blues. George V Higgins, okay. Miami Blues. That's why. Oh, that's, that's the, the detective thing you used There's a detective.
1: No, it's a different thing. Oh, okay. It's, it's way dif- better.
0: Okay, all right. It's a classic. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to. I guess the other thing I want to ask you about you, you a lot of your work is a kind of improv. Like you, yes, you do a yeah. ton of that kind of work. What is it about that that you like especially? I mean, why do you keep coming back to that? You know, sitting
1: here with you, looking you in the eyes. And having this exchange is improvising. Right. You, you may have prepared these questions. I don't know them.
0: I prepared talking degree, points where talking we're, points. We're, we're, I'm the improvising. The point being
1: is, I find moments where you're truly in the moment, truly now, the most joyful and the most interesting and the most entertaining for me. Right. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy doing scripted material if it's well, really well written doesn't mean I don't like to, you know directing certain things. When I direct a movie, I have a shot list. Right. But sometimes I don't even go to it. The handsome had a shot uh, list, was not
0: had a, not totally scripted or It was mostly scripted, mostly scripted. but I let people,
1: you know, go off. I had a shot list and I might check it for a second, but in general I didn't I didn't have to have it. Yeah. I mean you should have one. Having one is better than not
0: having one. Because you don't want to be like but the but the i don 't know what to and I didn 't pick
1: this up <laughs> like I thought I covered everything, but my uh associate director he would
0: tell me, we need to get
1: an insert of this hand or whatever, and I go, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, because I hate that stuff
0: but it's just more fun, right, not knowing what's going to happen I mean now having I, that when I go on a talk
1: show, yeah, here's what we're going to talk about. I go, please don't tell me
0: yeah, please yeah. don't tell me no it's a, I totally agree okay, well, you were talking with um Lena Dunham once on your podcast and that was a great show as well. Um, you were going like really intense, really hard on the kind of bullshit of Los Angeles and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where you live and spend most of your time. And I love it there. Pretty much. And you do love it there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, I just, I guess I was wondering like if, you know, you were, you were advising her. You were like, oh, these vultures on the red carpet, they basically, they, they want sound bites from you. That's
1: all they want is sound bites.
0: So why are you talking to them sincerely? Well, that's you so Do you, do you separate yourself that way? Like you, well, here's the thing. Yeah, I yeah. do
1: a red carpet. I know the comedy outlets and anything that's sort of national public radio or a certain internet thing that they want to have as much of a healthy discussion as possible. Right. But in general, all these things want people want is just for you to pop in, say one or two lines,
0: pop out. So you just try to like rapidly code switch and be like, okay, I'm dealing with E. Let me make I, up actually, some. Actually, I
1: try not to do E. <laughs> I try not to do the ones that I'm gotcha. looking for the thing. Gotcha. I just I try not to. Sometimes it's unavoidable. But, you know, I just sort of I keep it quick. Yeah. I don't want to be there. But I do it with joy because I am there.
0: What's your favorite, like, what's the sort of deepest coolest project you ever worked on where you were like okay this is the thing this is why i got into this like this you know like the out of all the stuff you've thing done yeah.
1: and special thing i've ever done is the movie wall-e oh yeah i worked 3 years on it i never saw a thing for 3 years on purpose until i saw the finished movie and i was blown away Oh wow!
0: Yeah, wow. so that was you were like you were the console that that on the, the ship. No, I was like, the voice of the captain of the ship. Voice of the captain, right, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Thank you. And you, but you did the, all the taping in isolation without whether well, would there be other actors like present for the, for yeah. the voicing scenes? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you yeah. just didn't see any of it until it was completely yeah. finished. Yeah. And what was so magical about it? Why? Did you see the movie? I love the movie. Yeah, I okay. mean, for you as like. I was Working. part of a
1: movie that was magical, <laughs> okay. that was special, that is one of those movies that's beyond
0: the normal human experience. It's incredible. No, yeah. it's such a it's 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 so sweet and, and smart. Okay, cool. I think on that note, let's get to the second part of the show. I might get into
1: it. Let's go. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: This is the surprise clips. I have not seen them. They were emailed to me by the producers out there. And the first one is this guy. Bo Lotto, I don't know who he is. The video is called The World Exists But Not As We See It. So we're okay. getting deep Still here, Jeff. Here. I'm yeah. all good, I dig this. Yeah.
2: Is there an external reality? Of course there's an external reality. The world exists, it's just that we don't see it. Uh, at least we don't see it as it is. In fact, we can never see it as it is. Uh, in fact, it's even useful to not see it as it is. And the reason is because it goes back to really Berkeley who tells us we have no direct access to that physical world other than through our senses. And because our senses conflate multiple aspects of that world, we can never know whether our perceptions are in any way accurate. Sometimes it's really difficult for people to understand that the data that your brain is receiving is meaningless because when they open their eyes, they look around and say, well, I see everything. What do you mean it's meaningless? There's a well-known experiment back in the seventies where you had two kittens recently born, eyes just open. And you had one kitten that was effectively running on the ground, right? perfectly fine. And you had another one that was in a basket. Okay? And the one in the basket was connected to the one on the ground, which meant that wherever the one in the basket went, it was because it was where the one on the ground also went. The point is that they had the same visual history of the world. Then after a period of time, you test the vision of the one on the ground and it sees fine as you would expect. But the question is, what does the one in the basket see? And the answer is that Can it you stop doesn't see it? anything.
0: Sure. Can we talk? You want to just talk now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's bullshit. <laughs> okay.
1: That's just that's just somebody's got too much time on their hands.
0: The, uh, okay, which aspect is bullshit? <laughs> all of it. All okay. of it. The
1: meaninglessness of it all. I mean, there is a level of meaninglessness, but it's like someone who's an atheist. Really? There is no God? Do you understand? It's like... How do you know? You don't know. And and so it's an arrogance. Like, I, I understand he seems like a nice fella. But what he's saying to me is completely arrogant, and it can have his scientific theories
0: behind it, but I think it's bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Can, can we can we dig a little deeper? Yeah, dig here? as deep as you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy's a neuroscientist who, by the way, like does not fit my def- my uh, my stereotype of a oh, neuroscientist. he's an artistic at all. neuroscientist. <laughs> he looks like uh, for he the audience hiking. who can't see him at home. He looks yeah. He showers like outdoors naked. Aragorn in yeah. the Lord of the Rings, but. Um, I mean, what he's say- saying, as I understand it, is just that, is that the physical world that we inhabit is not what we see. Like, we, our eyes and our brains are interpreting light. And, you know, that's- But they're also interpreting what
1: we see. They're interpreting the ground we walk on. They're interpreting the things we hold, the things we use, who we talk to, what we read. But what he's doing is, it says Big Think in the corner, I would call it too big a thing. Because I think, I'm not saying be ignorant, but I'm saying come on man, I'm getting a lot more accomplished than you by sitting by a river and watching it flow and feeling the breeze. I'm more in relationship than you are with your theories by doing something as simple as that. Something as simple as listening to a comedian and laughing is more productive than what he's doing. That's what I think. Really? Because I think what he's doing takes away from the simplicity of being a human being. Hmm. By the way, it can get very complex, very overwhelming. I don't say that, Yeah, I'm not saying that. But the simple joys are what we should be striving for because you know why? We don't live to 500. If he was on his way to developing into a god, Mm -hmm. I'd find what he's saying a lot more fascinating than I do right now. I was asleep within 10 seconds.
0: <laughs> well, okay. Do you like the fact that we have, like, rocket ships that can go to other planets? Are you cool with that? Do you think that's interesting? Why would I not be cool with that? Yeah. Well, so And that, I do think it's interesting. Yeah, so, like, I mean, the guys who came up with that stuff, you know, the, the, the people who studied the physics that underlie the universe that figured out how to make those rockets work and yeah. how to make them use the gravity of Saturn to get all the way okay, out to like Mars. it's like flying on an airplane like,
1: and wondering how you're flying... And what's going into it it's like opening your refrigerator what's making this cool this this glad this container of milk up why is it being cool to me oh there's a rocket ship going to the moon not hey look at all the work that they put in and all the stuff and and how they did that i'm just yeah, joyful yeah. that there's a rocket ship going to the moon yeah
0: so for you the rocket ship is a utilitarian it exists to get us to the moon or without whatever. a doubt That's right, it. right 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 but I mean, for Einstein, right? Who or the people who did the but underlying Einstein, physics, they found that stuff beautiful and simple as well. Like they're yeah. like looking at it and going, but "Oh you're my God!" But
1: Einstein, at- man, Einstein's a much higher level of a human being than me. He may not be kinder. He may have been not been more thoughtful. But holy crap, he knew a hell of a lot more than me but that doesn't mean I wanna know what's in his head or what's in this
0: dude's. <laughs> so So you're basically just saying that this guy's field of study is boring you, pretty much. Like you just don't wanna listen no, I, I to think neuroscience. I like. think it's useless. Useless? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I mean, I'll give you, that's interesting, so I mean, uh, that's really funny. So uh, unfortunately- You
1: have to go home, you leave here, you go on the train, you ride on the train, you see the different people, you go home, you're greeted by whatever you're greeted by, you go to sleep, you wake up. You have to find motivation for that, you have to see how you react to that the whole time. Right, right. It's all there. Everything you need to know and experience is there. I'm not saying that there are other lands with other experiences, but the analyzation of what he's doing, technically taking apart let's say your train ride on a neuro level fuck you <laughs> fuck you man that's all I
0: said. all right okay but I mean like so right now you and I we're having this conversation this yeah. is this is like intellectual entertainment we're talking about ideas right? right is that useless is or is it is the value only in the entertainment is there no the inherent value I'd in see, grappling with the ideas the only
1: like- use that i'd see in this is if i could write something funny about it Otherwise, it's useless.
0: Okay, all right. Plato, Socrates, Our discussion
1: is strictly based for your podcast. Uh, Okay. Our our podcast serves no purpose. And if we were at lunch right now, I would think, I don't want to have lunch with him again because this is too exhausting. (laughs) I get it. I get it for right now, total sense. But I don't want to be
0: part of yeah. this. Yeah. Well, if we went to lunch, I don't think I would bring this up. So I don't know that. That's okay. No, I'm just okay. telling you, I okay, probably cool. wouldn't. Cool, yeah. Cool. So if we ever go to lunch, we can talk I don't about. Don't to worry about fun. that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Let's see what the next one is. Please. <laughs> um and i and hope it's less useless and to, by the way yeah he told us all
1: that without a smile on his face
0: mm. fuck him keep going <laughs> <laughs> okay um the next one is louis theroux he's a documentary filmmaker and this is called scientology the mcdonald's of religion scientology to me seems to be at a kind of junction of so many quintessentially american qualities you know you've got the celebrity dimension You've got the fact that it's in Hollywood. You've got its sort of relation to the business world and this um, swashbuckling form of capitalism that we have in the U.S. where you, you find a need and you market to it and if the need doesn't exist then you create the need. Uh, it, to me it's, um, it's, it's always very telling when you realize that basically McDonald's and Scientology came into existence at almost exactly the same time, around about 1950. Dianetics was published and the first McDonald's was established and 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 actually as business models They're they're rather similar in they both work using French a franchise system And in a sense to me Scientology is selling spiritual hamburgers if you like Let's go at this in the, from the angle of uh, of TM um, mm-hmm. You've been doing that for how long transcendental meditation over ten years like over ten years. What is the sort of Core of that practice? Are you just, is it mostly sitting, like, and just center, f- sitting f- focusing on the breath? And you, and no, there's no, no focus no on breath. the
1: breath. That's, it's effortless. You have a mantra. You repeat the mantra in your head. You leave the mantra to think about something that someone said that bothered you, to think about, oh, this okay. comedy bit I'm, wo- I'm writing on doesn't work. But the minute you realize you've left, which sometimes takes five minutes or however long you come back to the mantra. And it's like riding a wave. You go back and forth, back and forth.
0: Got you. Okay. So the ma- mantra functions the way actually yeah. the breath does in some other forms of meditation where well, you no, sit Well, no, the there
1: breath is part of it, but it's not one you have to be conscious about. Right, 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 right. Got you. See, being conscious about too many things, that's why golf, to me, there's a level of simplicity to it, ah. and then other levels of it make it too complex. And then only really... The professional golfer or the great athlete, who's skilled, can pull that off. Your common gotcha. man practicing his swing—ridiculous. So,
0: like simplicity is important to you. Simplicity like, is very important. You don't like things to be overcomplicated, and you're looking for without a, a doubt that clarity would explain and simplicity. That would explain the previous. Yeah. By the way,
1: if the if the previous guy could explain it, he was doing his best to make it simple. He didn't do a good job. Right. That means he's not a genius. <laughs> right. A genius knows how to make it simple. What? By the way, smart, smart man, smarter than I at things of that nature. Okay, mm. that's the last guy. But we're on
0: this one. Keep are you going. a Are you a dog person? As I love or, dogs. Yes, I do. I you dislike dogs.
1: cats. Um, I'm allergic to cats. Okay, than, I'm much sure to dogs too, but I'm highly allergic to cats. But I th- I find cats fascinating too. Okay, I find all animals fascinating.
0: Interesting. No, I was just wondering based on this. All of, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, but based on all of this, whether whether you would have like an aversion to cats because of their sort of hard to pin them ambiguous down, ambiguous nature. Yeah. Them. I accept them. Okay. Yeah. got you. Yeah, because I think I'm what. I'm not looking
1: for logic for my dogs or cats.
0: Right, right, right. But I, I, I sometimes think that when people call themselves dog people, that like what they're psyched about how simple dogs are, because dogs are just like, hi, I'm here, hello, yeah, let's go. Yeah, but they're a, a walk, lot more
1: complex that because you have to be their caretaker. So it's not more just sitting in. It's like when you go visit your grandchildren, mm. you can leave. Right, 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 right. Your nephews or your kids' friends, your uh, friends' kids, and the same with like a dog. By the way, a dog runs across the lawn and doesn't say out loud, "I'm gonna die someday." <laughs> right. There are so many issues with my food. <laughs> right. They just do it. So I and I actually cats
0: truth. don't do that. either. I'm kind of a cat person, and uh-huh. they just sort of sit there and stare out the window. Or they can do you, anything they want, yeah. and I accept them. <laughs> so. Going back to the premise of this video, so he's talking about, he's, and Scientology, like, I don't know, you're out in Hollywood, so you must know some folks who are Scientologists probably. I know plenty. Yeah.
1: And also I'm friends with Leah Remini, and I knew her when she was a Scientologist. I worked with her when she was a Scientologist. Okay.
0: I mean, because I, whatever, you know, I don't know if you've seen any of these documentaries or read anything I've about seen, them. I've read, but like, i read, read the book and I saw the one on uh,
1: HBO. Yeah. That Alex. Going Clear. Uh, Going Clear. Yeah fascinating I'd like to see this movie I saw a trailer for it it looked kind of fun yeah um, I can't get enough of the Scientology thing you know uh, I think it's just so interesting that a truly a cult that treats people poorly can exist but it kind of goes that so many
0: smart people are like well, here's in the thing it, I think know? about
1: Yeah. when I was a younger father my yeah. kids are now 17 and 21 okay I remember other children, when my kids are like seven, eight years old, misbehaving. And i sort of give a look to the parents. Not that much of a look, because I am not want to be like that. <laughs> and they would say to me, what am I going to do? I don't want them to be angry at me. I want him to love me. And I said, I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, an abused child loves their parents. Right. Okay, And know that whatever minimal amount of discipline that I put down, not physical discipline, but Here's what you did, here's what you can't have anymore. You can't play video games, whatever it is. My kids would get terribly upset. Within a half hour, they're in my lap kissing me. And I truly think it's the same thing with Scientology. They abuse these people like they abuse people, like like it's their children. And the children love them and want them to continue to love And they don't know how to get away. Some people break out of it, others do not.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Beck, right? You know, yeah. him Beck, he's like I'm fascinated. One of the smartest I, I, people ever that I know. By the way, he
1: left for a long time
0: too, and then he came back. Huh? Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, they I don't, don't know. Get, I don't get it. But the thing is,
1: I don't care what Tom Cruise or Beck does, as long as they're, unlike our government, trying to affect me and hurting other people.
0: Yeah. Now the no, thing that
1: bothers me about Scientology, it's always been curious, no matter what, but the fact that they supposedly Physically attack people and are emotionally abusive, that bothers me that that exists. <laughs> yeah, that's probably So, And that's why I find it more than curious that these celebrities, and by the way, it's not that many celebrities, it's a handful. And okay. a lot of them get out.
0: Oh, okay. All right. You
1: know, they just happen to have some big ones like Tom Cruise and John Travolta. Gotcha.
0: TM is not a huge organization. Well, it's it's a a big one. It's become an
1: organization. David Lynch has financed a lot of of it, but
0: it's not religious
1: and it's not a cult. And it, like I said, it's effortless. When I do TM- Is it a for-profit
0: corporation?
1: I don't even know how to pay attention because I don't give them any money Mm -hmm. and they don't ask me for any
0: money. Good, so So, then maybe not. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, I know they have to have a They charge a lot now to teach the practice. And the Maharishi, Maharishi was right. Because my teacher learned from the Maharishi. Okay. I had a direct ascendment. So,
0: I'm sorry, the Maharishi is the spiritual father of oh, transcendental no, meditation, meditation. Okay.
1: And she said that he always said to her, you should charge something because that's how the Western world looks at value. you use things. So she charged, and I think the Maharishi charges somewhere, I think, 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's like 2,500 bucks. But she never charged that, you know, but they charge more and they use that to build their organization. Right. And I don't know that I agree with that, but I don't care. I mean, They're, I, not, they're not hurting anyone, they're not holding anyone captive, yeah, yeah. and like I said, it's not a religious organization.
0: Sure. No, I ask only because I'm very interested, I, you know, my whole adult life I've been very interested in, you know, especially Buddhist forms of spirituality and meditation and so on, but like, and when I was younger, Judaism, I came close mm-hmm. to converting to my father's uh, recessive religion of Judaism, um, and but always the organizations kind of turn me off. Like I end up on my it, own doing well, the thing That's my problem with alone. Judaism
1: like, and all organized religion. Organized religion turns me off. Do I believe in God? I personally do. Uh-huh. Do you know where I see God? When I go outside and look at the lake and look at the trees, I know there's something. Right. I know it don't know what it is. I'm not smart enough to know what it is. <laughs> That's why I say with the atheism, like, really, you know there's no God? That is such a... you can have a feeling that there's no God. Right. That is different. How do you know there are no concrete facts?
0: Right. And you don't... I, I get the feeling, like, you have a feeling you trust that feeling, you want to go with your gut, and you don't want to go under that. You don't want to sit there and go, "Okay, wait a minute. Logically, wait. No,
1: but even logically, you can't argue against God or for God. Yeah. You can't lie. There's no logic in either. I think it's a personal thing, and it's a feeling that I have. But it's also not something that it's anyone's business that I need to shove down people's face. Right. One time in the audience, there was a guy wearing this necklace with a thing on them, and I swear to God, look looked just like the Star Trek pendant. I said, oh, you're a big Star Trek pendant? He goes, no. I go, what's that? He goes, that's my pendant that shows I'm an atheist. <laughs> so he was wearing something. I go, why? He goes, I want people to know. You want people to know you don't believe in God. Right. It's just, it's the same thing where I say, liberals and conservatives, sometimes what's the difference? Everyone's got their hokey beliefs that they want to shove down your throat. And if you don't believe the same thing, you're wrong. I want to go to yeah. the specifics of McDonald's Scientology okay. and I see a connection, a bigger connection. I think they both are not good for mankind. I think McDonald's is worse for mankind than Scientology. Right. And we say that, I say that I don't like that people are being emotionally or physically abused at Scientology. Well, animals are being killed brutally for people to have a cheeseburger. Now, mind you, ethically, I am a vegan. Do I always eat vegan? No. But ethically, I am. I'd like to always do, but I do the best I can to make it through the world. Gotcha. But I think that McDonald's in a corporate way is doing it and getting away with it because it's accepted that thing. And Scientology it's not accepted, but it's so secretive. And most of America during the day aren't thinking about it. Right. And most of America during the day are wanting to get their Big Mac.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the other analogy, I think, is that like McDonald's also, I mean, there's the there's the cruelty to animals aspect, which is huge, enormous right. impact on the earth, huge, enormous. But then also the sort of like colonization of the inner city with fast food. Right. So that like people. But see,
1: I don't I don't buy that. And I know that that's true. Don't get me wrong. I agree that that's true in terms of the inner city. But they're in the outer city. They're in the rich white neighborhoods. They're fucking everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only difference no, but what is, I'm saying is the inner city doesn't have a lot of choices and a lot of money. That's what I'm so talking McDonald's about. So McDonald's wins the battle there. That's
0: what I'm talking about. So yeah. you're so from a like nutritional and physiological standpoint, you're keeping not intentionally maybe, but those people are being kept Nobody, in, in a crappy you say not cycle. You're intentionally,
1: but they don't care. It's all about the dollar, man. They don't care yeah, yeah. that they're ruining lives. Right, right. Why would, They don't care. But
0: that's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. vicious cycle where, the, where those folks are eating that food. But also Scientology doesn't care that
1: they're ruining lives. They just want to buy land right. and control things.
0: Right, right, right. Exactly.
1: It's all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm upset about Scientology or McDonald's, I'll go out and, and look at the trees and feel the breeze. Yeah, yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't exist but it helps center me. Do
0: you get time to get out into nature? Or I like make time. No, I don't like fucking nature. I hate oh, nature. Oh, trees. I love you a good trees.
1: I love a good Blu-ray. Yeah, but trees in front of my house. <laughs> trees in front of you my house. You hate nature? Like I, no, Too I don't many I hate bugs. nature, <laughs> but I'm a very allergic guy. Um, when I go on a hike, I, I never go on a hike, but I'll go for a walk,
0: okay. and usually
1: in more of a city area. Gotcha. But I love looking at trees, and I love the breeze. And I love nature, but more so on high def. You know, I'm not
0: my TV. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, one, one. I think one last thing I want to say before maybe we we wrap it up is, you know, one thing that I've noticed about like, you know, from Curb and to other work that you've done as well, um, it kind of fits in a way within what you might call a kind of like neo-Jewish comedy. Like, there's this mm-hmm. like the comedy of kvetching the comedy of irritation right. like annoyance right. like
1: what if you can share the experience okay and people can laugh at it fantastic yeah yeah if you're just complaining and it's not funny not interesting right right so it all falls like you see Woody Allen complaining or Albert Brooks it's funny it's funny so either it's funny or it's not funny and if it's not funny it means you're just negative
0: right sure okay. but like complaining but 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 irritation is fertile ground though for you
1: irritation yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I get irritated, but I make it funny. Sure. I plow it out through comedy. I do not get irritated. Like I said, if I get depressed, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to look at the trees, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at
1: my children's faces, you know? It's like there's plenty of places to go. But when you're irritated and you're funny, It's delightful. It turns irritation into delight. Delight for you, delight for the audience. It's wonderful. And the shared experience of it, that's when comedy becomes high art.
0: Mm. So you're taking something negative and turning it into a positive. Without a doubt. By
1: embracing what's negative about it (laughs) and attacking what's negative about it,
0: yeah. Jeff Garland, thank you so much for being on Think Again today. This was a it lot is, of fun. It
1: was a joy for me. I really enjoyed it. I look it. forward to doing it again someday.
0: And uh, and and Jeff's show um, is called Handsome. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. Netflix. Sorry. It's a first handsome. ever Netflix
1: mystery movie. Mystery and movie. And it's on uh, it's on Netflix.
0: Yes, and it, it's a nice balance, like as as Jeff was saying, between comedy on the one hand, but also like a, a, a sort of a quieter, more yeah. There's pathos.
1: There's uh, There's a melancholy. melancholy. But here's what I want to say. People who listen to your show, I feel, will dig my movie. Not saying for sure. I'm more proud of it than anything I've ever done, like made myself. I think that if they listen to this show, then they're going to enjoy something like the movie I made. I think so, too. Thank you so much, Thank
0: you. And that wraps up another episode of Think Again. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. If you are loving the show, whether you're new to us or whether you've been with us for a long time, do me a favor and go out and please tell somebody else about it. Some of you are already doing this, Um, I really appreciate it, I know your time is valuable and I don't want to take up more of it than you have to spare. But but if you're really enjoying the show, share it with somebody that you love or care about and that you you think would enjoy it too, because that is uh, one one of the best ways that we can spread the word. We'll be back next week with another great conversation, and I hope that you can join us then.